All right. Hello and good morning, <laughs> at least on my end anyway. Happy Thursday. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. So today's theme is going to be social impact entrepreneurship on the metaverse using blockchain technology. I'd like to warmly welcome to you all Eric Osura. He is the founder of Afoma. Now, this is a token. This is a platform. And this has its own NFT and metaverse type uh, secondary economy. So, Eric, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Adam. Now, when we uh, got on our initial call, you know, you told me, I guess you could say the background of Afoma, like the meaning yeah. behind the name and kind of the underlying philosophy. Could you yeah. introduce that? Sure. Um, so, Af first of all, I, I am originally from Nigeria and um, I have a charity re re registered here in Canada um, and we do work across Sub-Saharan Africa. And um, I wanted to create a platform that could um, drive social impact, um, um, right. leveraging uh, technology, especially within the whole blockchain space. And um, so I, I got um, a, a number of people together and I, I pitched the, uh, the vision and the idea of what I was trying to do. And uh, yeah. um, we started thinking up of uh, a name that um, gives um, our vision uh, some credibility or some, um, you know, some uh, re that relates to what we're pretty much doing. Right. right? And uh, we were throwing words around and um, we stumbled upon the word Afoma, right? And um, um, which means goodwill. It's actually um, uh, an Igbo language because um, I'm from the Igbo tribe in, in Nigeria. Um, so so we, we played around with um, a couple of words and then we were brainstorming. My wife was just passing by and I asked her, hey, what's, what's um, goodwill in our yeah. native language? And then she threw that out, right? So, wow. so that's what Afoma means. It means goodwill. So that's what um, our slogan really refers to in terms of the goodwill token. So that's, that's yeah. how the name came about. Well, you know, when it comes to goodwill, we sure as hell need a lot more of that in uh, today's <laughs> world, to say the Absolutely. least. So I'm very, I'm very happy to hear about this. So when you, when you conceptualize this, you know, of course, with the help and inspiration of your wife, what were some of the first problems off the top of your head you wanted to deal with and address? Yeah, you know, so when you look at uh, do, do, with my work in uh, through my ch charity um, we see yeah. a lot of um, um, challenges in, in developing countries especially in regions like in Africa right um, the the rate of poverty um, right. is still very significant in those regions and um, they are still not able to um, the I mean there, there is some progress but it's going at a very slow pace right and um, I wanted a situation whereby we're taking a different approach towards breaking the cycle of poverty. Um, we wanted to find ways where we can allow people by giving them the platform or the ability right. to break that cycle. And one of the ways that I thought about through a number of research that we were doing had to do with the fact that um, we wanted to, um, uh, I was thinking about um, doing a bit of research and coming up with ideas. And I stumbled upon an article that talked about how we have 65% of handmade products being moved right. from developing regions into high income countries. But then we still have a high percentage of these artisans um, remain in poverty. And um, from my personal experience as well, where um, I've tried to conduct some business back in Nigeria and the challenge is you don't see a lot of digital platforms or platforms or give a, a number of these businesses right. online where you, right. all you just simply do is go online, look for what you want to buy, buy it and ship or whatever. Right. Um, yes. But you don't see that a lot. And businesses right. are usually conducted over the phone, right? So right. I wanted to find yeah. ways that I can enable um, people and um, to who have the skill set around handmade products or crafts, um, get right. online access, be on a digital platform, and be able right. to break into the global market, into the global handicraft space. So 
that's really what led to the all of this inspiration. And uh, wow. that's why we at Aforma are trying to, we've identified that problem and we want to find ways to actually um, um, give people that uh, ability to actually um, get, in, get on and get access to the global economy. Got it. And to give the audience a little bit more context, the, the artisans, what kind of crafts are they making that are, let's say, reaching, you know, some of these areas of the world, like, you know, Western Europe, the United States and Canada, for instance? Yeah, pr pr primarily just handmade products, right? So if you look right. at um, the likes of uh, what Etsy is doing today, um, right. right? So those are, those are um, uh, the kind of um, um, artisans or merchants that we are interested in. But the problem is this, right? Um, platforms like Etsy are pretty right. primarily built um, to serve the purposes of high-income countries, um, but primarily because their, their model is quite expensive. Right. right. And West, they still leverage um, payment systems or technology that cuts off people who are unbanked, who, people who right. still don't have access to um, um, payment gateways or banking systems that can enable them to receive right. payments. Right. Um, so what we decided to do is to figure out leverage blockchain and cryptocurrency to right. create inclusion, because that's really what we're trying to do here. Right. We're nice. trying to create inclusion and build a platform that's very affordable um, to these individuals um, that are across these developing regions who are totally marginalized. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the one way we felt that we could achieve that through the power of uh, crypto. And by the way, that's a very good point you mentioned about Etsy and its business model, that it is, you could say, more or less made consistent with, let's say, the U.S. market and related markets. Right. So. You know, based on that, if you're, let's say, an artisan, you know, in Nigeria, you're making, you know, essentially these beautiful handmade type of it's either wall art, sculptures or, you know, things along those lines. How much off the top is Etsy taking from you? Let's say if you're based in Lagos or, you know, anywhere else in the you know, surrounding area, for instance. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their, their business model today, I mean, um, first of all, they, you have to pay per listing. And I think it's about either 20 or 30 cents per listing, right? Yeah. And you have to renew that every four months, right? So, so, and then there is a transaction fee on top of that, right? Or a commission oh, okay. fee. And right. then there is a, there is another fee for converting to your local currency. <laughs> wow. So the numbers just, <laughs> the numbers just keep going up and up and up and up, right? Um, yeah. So imagine a country like in Nigeria, for example, where it's about... 500 plus naira to a dollar. Okay. And then you're imagining where someone who is in Nigeria as well, or somewhere in Africa that has to list like 10 different products. Right. right? Now imagine they have to list 12, well, let's say 20 cents or 30 cents per product, but they have to renew that every four months. Right. And right. if they don't make a sale, they still have to renew every four months. And, I see. And obviously when they do make that sale, you know, how long does it take for them to get their payout to their, to, 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 to their pocket? And at the end of the day, how much gets into their pocket, right? That's really right. what matters at the end of the day, right? Right. Yeah. And, and I'll have to say this, you know, as kind of chaotic, you know, times are today, I think one of the things that has improved over time is yeah. the conscious buyer. So a lot of buyers, a lot of consumers want to know that if they are subscribing, if they are purchasing a product, that there is at least some sort of, you know, some sort of benefit outside of the, you know, transaction, you know, and if Absolutely. it can go towards something good, you know, Absolutely. for instance, people would prefer that myself included. So like, you know, yeah. hypothetically behind me, I have like a wall mural of Arnold Schwarzenegger from pumping iron, <laughs> you know, yeah. I would personally rather buy that. You know, I got it from Amazon. Yep. However, yep. if I had the yep. choice, I would have rather buy something like that from an artisan or yep. some sort of like kind of a up and coming, you know, artist who makes those kind of products because, you know, Absolutely. that kind of makes for a, a better um, economy. Actually, in fact, it prevents monopolies. <laughs> One can argue, you know, some of these Absolutely. companies kind of have monopolies. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And again, that's why I, um, I, I keep on emphasizing, I mean, the, the, the technology we have today, especially when it comes to fintech, um, we have to really look, look 
into those technologies because we have to re- start to realize that these products or these platforms are really not sustainable or will not right. primarily work for developing regions. And um, in places like some of these developing regions, whether it's LATAM or Southeast Asia or whatever, yeah. we have to look at business models or models that are more decentralized right. um, that uh, can enable these merchants or artisans to have access to their money quicker. That's one. Um, yeah. Can have enough of their revenue back into their pocket, and yeah. um, and then just simply have find ways to also incentivize the exceptional works that they do. Because if you look at what there's a lot of talk about a creator economy, and that's really what right. Aforma is all about, right? For example, on our marketplace, um, our multi-vendor e-commerce space, one of the things we intend to do is leverage Aforma for our, our um, loyalty and referral programs. So, for example, awesome. how do I incentivize you to support artisans in those regions? If you come and buy a beautiful Arnold Schwarzenegger um, <laughs> uh, canvas on our platform, right. we will incentivize you in tokens right. to say we're encouraging you, we're thanking you for supporting these artisans. And at the end of the day, right, as buyer, I feel much better doing that too. Absolutely, because at the end yeah. of the day, you are getting something for what you. And don't get me wrong, there are a number of platforms today that are doing. 1% cashbacks and all whatnot. But then you have to start looking at, okay, that's all fine and good. But when you last start looking at um, factoring in inflation and all whatnot, some people might be looking at different options as well, right? Right. Crypto gives you those that different option, you know, where we, we you know, as much as it's very volatile, it also yeah. fights back on inflation, right? Um, so right. as long as you have a proper utility or business model or utility for, model for, those tokens, the, the value keeps just going up and up and up and up and up, right? Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, it adds value for people who are holders of those tokens at the end of the day, right? So yeah. it's all about incentivizing. It's all about finding ways to have build a community where everybody who is partaking within that community can get something out of it. And that's the only way we can lift other people up because sometimes people in Africa are not looking for charity. Let's be honest. Right. They're not looking for that. They just want opportunities for them to succeed. Um, right. And I know a lot of money, we keep sending money back to Africa and all whatnot, but does that really solve the problem? It probably just puts a bandaid to it, but the problem is we have to find right. ways to become very creative to give these people the opportunity to enable themselves. And that's really right. what they need. That's really it. Yeah, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is whether it's between first world countries or developing countries, it seems like when aid is transacted, it, it actually ends up in the place where it's least deserving. So <laughs> I, I almost wonder, it kind of ends up in, in the bank accounts of uh, bureaucrats or, you know, <laughs> other types of, you know, related, you know, corrupt leaders and whatnot. And, you know, speaking of, you know, speaking of Africa, continental Africa and the work ethic, you know, one of the major, I guess you could say, say statistics and figures out there is that volume wise, the highest, the highest is actually within Africa. So this is, you know, stretched out between, like, you know, Nigeria, Kenya, Ethiopia, South Africa. So um, to kind of, you know, maybe add some context, why do you think the continents of Africa is transacting the most amount of volume in cryptocurrency uh, each day? It, it's just purely the fact that it, the whole decentralized model of crypto, right? I mean, yeah. um, uh, you know, people gain easy access to 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 that to that digital asset asset right yeah. I mean that that's that's really why and everybody is finding a way to gain financial freedom and you right. know to some extent crypto gives you that right I mean they, right. they have to do their homework and look at the sure. right projects and um, conduct their businesses but let's be honest payment systems across Africa first of all and most developing nations is broken it's very right. fragmented. Um, I'll right. give you an example. One of um, a, um, uh, an artisan we tested with on our uh, beta testing. Um, she's from. She's a teacher and um, she's a toy maker in Abuja. When when we tested, when we reached out to her um, about piloting with us, that was one of the things she pointed out: payment systems. She cannot scale out beyond Nigeria. Uh, right. So what happens is that now when you start bringing in the tech, the right technology where everything is decentralized, you have the ability to transact or conduct business with anybody in the world and within a matter of an hour, say, right? right? Um, people tend to rely on those kind of things, right? 
In Nigeria, yeah. for example, unfortunately, the government has banned um, um, the adoption of uh, the banks from conducting uh, uh, trading in crypto, right? right. Um, and at the end of the day, people are finding ways to conduct business. People right. are finding ways to gain rem to receive remittances from families. So what you, you're going to expect that people are just going to leverage crypto because one, it's decentralized. Two, the fact that they can receive um, 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 you know, remittances quicker, yes. right? Um, and uh, and a number, a percentage of that remittance gets back into their pocket. For example, if I were to send money to any family member in Nigeria, for example, I right. might be paying some percentage, percentage of that money probably is lost just before it gets right. out there, right? right? For example, if I were to use um, 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 Western Union, for example, I'm one, maybe I'm sending a thousand dollars you can imagine the amount of commission that they're going to have to take from that right, right. So, That's very so true. that explains yeah. a lot why it's important that um um or you see a lot of these volumes of people leaning more towards that technology especially the right technology because when you start looking at the likes of ethereum today right. um you can also see they're getting up there the transaction fees are quite high oh yeah right <laughs> and yeah. speaking of technology you know, I was reading the light paper. I was going through the website. So you're using a BEP20 Binance token. Talk right. about that and talk about the reason why you chose that over, you know, some of the, some of the other kind of more common competitors out there. It's practically just simply, you know, the fact that um, we, you know, if we're going to be dealing with uh, the marginalized, right? We also right. want the, their transaction fees to be very minimal. Unfortunately, right. Ethereum at this point, because of the whole congestion and, and the same thing with Bitcoin, yeah. it is very expensive. They can't afford that, right? I mean, it just me conducting any transaction in an ERC-20 token, it, it takes right. um, some... For me, I might not feel it, but for someone in those regions, it's a big deal, right? Yeah. So, so you definitely want... That's why we chose to look at um, uh, Binance and BEP20 tokens to, uh, to start off our crypto token. However, however, I will say right. that our former will be a neutral token. And what do I mean by that? We will be building on other blockchain networks, but not blockchain networks that align with our vision, right? So right. Binance helps us to break that transaction fee hike, right? In terms right. of um, uh, conducting transactions, we'll be building on other blockchain networks, which eventually we'll be announcing eventually. But we'll be looking at blockchain networks that can give us the advantage of one, allowing uh, our transaction fees to be very minimal. Because right. if you're going to, if we're promoting um, uh, conducting businesses um, in commerce and for marginalized regions, we definitely want to factor in those uh, those things in, in our decision making or model, right? So that's why we right. went to we went with BEP. And regardless of the fact that Binance is very, very, very popular in that in those regions as well. Very, yeah. very popular, right? So right. Uh, they've they've done extremely well and um, their, their team, they've done amazing things. And that's why we decided that we should uh, first build them on, on Binance and launch right. using a BEP 20 uh, standard. Well, it's definitely very wise. And you know, by the way, you know, speaking of Etsy, so, you know, I know I know a few artists and I know, you know, some of them are trying to promote and sell their art. And I do always hear from them that, you know, a lot of these kind of overhead upfront fees they have to pay are just a real just pain in the ass. So, like, you know, I and this is anecdotally, of course, but, you know, from hearing some of these stories, even from them. So even if they're based on the East Coast here, it's like like you're you're losing like what 15 20 percent in some cases you know yeah, just yeah. to essentially get your yeah. art out there and Absolutely. by the way that's even if it ends up selling so i can imagine you know even beyond continental africa there is a genuine need for something like this especially if you're Absolutely. an artist and you're an artist you want to kind of have some autonomy and control you know over your cash flow yeah. so yeah. and of course yeah. In, uh, in the Igbo language, this means goodwill. So it, it's, uh, I think yeah. it's very nice. And I think it's very, very fitting with, um, you. you know, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate goals behind this. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that is, uh, that is great. And yeah. um, could you talk about, uh, you know, plans for the token and the NFT marketplace you have called uh, Oruvan? Yes, yes. Um, so uh, um, we are looking at um, sometime uh, fourth quarter of this year, we will be launching an NFT marketplace called Oruvan. 
um, which actually means one and only, um, <laughs> so, <I like laughs> which it. is really the premise behind um, NFTs anyways, right? Right. Um, and um, I, I want to take a different approach with NFTs. Um, I'm a bit um, um, on the... Um, I'm a bit, um, I, I don't know what, how to put it, but I- Like I'm a little a, like a skeptical with no, some I wouldn't say skeptical there. per se, okay. but I, I, I want to make sure that the vision behind our, our NFT marketplace is, it has value. And I, I'll explain Got what it. I mean. Um, because we tend to see a lot of um, NFTs put out today where, you know, there's a, a sad monkey or crypto Right. One of right. these- um, yeah. images that I now go and then you see people paying lots of money for this thing. Right. Um, it's not my place to question how people spend their money, but then when I look at the value of what's out there, I want to change right. that a bit, right? And um, right. we want to we want to we want to have the the ability where artists from wherever, especially from the developing regions, can put out NFTs, but we want them to project their culture right you know and heritage because when you look at developing nations right a lot of these countries are very rich in culture and heritage History, nigeria yeah. is very very rich when it comes to culture and there's a lot of things we can share across the globe right right and if you look at a lot of the conflicts and all whatnot happening in the world today and racist um, um, um yeah you know, like uh like right-wing nationalist like xenophobic yeah. it's all about people don't understand each other and yeah. sometimes you can leverage art to explain or share to tell someone like this is who i am right yeah. people tend to appreciate where you're from what your culture is all about it tells a story and we want to le leverage Oruvan to do the same where we can have people or even musicians in these uh uh, in these regions, put out their music, put out their art, tell a story, show their culture, show their heritage, and we, people tend to appreciate where that's coming from and right. show value for it. So I would want someone like um, Justin Bieber coming in and pay two million dollars yeah. for a kid, <laughs> you know, for that that can put out something that shows the value of his local community or the country where he's from or the region where he's from. That for right. me, it means a lot it's there's a connection to those things and that's where i would um we would hope that oruvan can help um uh, create that niche at, um, and cut out all of the noise that's around the nft marketplace which is to be honest very very saturated at this point right and you know uh, language and art always tells a story about you know one's culture and you know continental africa has been described as the cradle of civilization so yes. as humans so i guess you could yes. say 40,000 plus years as homo sapiens is kind of, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say the vehicle that we're all in as, as humans originated in uh, Africa. And also continental Africa is the most linguistically diverse area of the world with the most languages. So you can imagine the potential for this and some of these artists and the potential they can have in the market, all of these languages and all these cultures naturally spurning and creating their own respective art. And this art essentially ends up getting more, you know, visibility and it gets more, you know, gets more eyes on it. And by the way, I totally agree with you with, uh, with NFTs, you know, you know, whether it's like, you know, cyberpunks or the board ape yacht club and things that have come along, you know, that is nice and all, but like you, I would love to see some of the, some of this big money buy-in with some of these like genuine, you know, artisans that are putting out some, really thoughtful rich yeah. you know rich art so to say and by yeah. the way you know even as a consumer i would love to have i would love to have more visibility and access you know you know to that as as well you know art Absolutely. is always a learning experience and art is kind of a, a storytelling device and in fact whether it's uh, in continental africa or any other region of the world you know every country every culture begins with storytelling and that's kind Absolutely. of how we end up developing you know, civiliz our respective, you know, civilization, you know, around Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And and that's exactly it. That's really what our vision is. I'm, we're not saying we're going to be totally exclusive per se. Right. But, you know, our we have to have a purpose. And uh, our purpose is really enabling these marginalized artists, wherever they may be, uh, whether it's in Asia, or in Latin America, Africa, the Caribbean. Right. 
Tell right. a story. Show us what your what your art, you know, project your culture, your heritage, and be proud of it. That's really what we're uh, going to be encouraging people to do through Oruvan. Right. And yeah. through uh, Oruvan, can artisans essentially log on, use the platform, and then now start building kind of NFTs around their mural, their painting, or, you know, I guess maybe you could say a clip of their, you know, sculpture and start you know, mm -hmm. circulating that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at from a, from a physical endpoint as well. Is that what you like a physical asset then? Right. Right. It seems like it's covering both. So if you want to essentially sell yeah. physical art, you could do that. If you want to make Absolutely. an NFT, it seems like you can do it on this too, right? I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because one of the things we're looking at doing is on Solidic. Solidic is our multi-vendor e-commerce platform, right. right? Right. So on Solidic, we're going to have our artists, people who do a, you know, physical a canvas, right? Right. Um, they can, uh, part of our roadmap is where they can also build an NFT for that, Right. So then what you can awesome. do is on a Ruvan, as you're buying that NFT, you can also be paying for the physical. Uh, oh, that's asset, great. Right? Yeah. So that's how we want to link the entire ecosystem together at the end of the day. Right. That's yeah. awesome. And could yeah. you touch upon the uh, OMA token, the uh, AFUMA token in the ecosystem? Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So the ecosystem, um, the Aforma token, first of all, it's uh, we're looking at minting about a billion tokens um, okay. for that. Um, as you said, it's, we're starting off as a, a BEP20 um, uh, token standard. Um, the Aforma token will be used primarily to drive that ecosystem, right? So we right. have Stolitic, which is our multi-vendor handicraft marketplace, Oruvan, which is our NFT, and Aforma land, which will be our metaverse, right? Um, yeah. Now, there will be a number of utility for our token. One of them would have to be with, we are looking at a staking um, liquidity pool rewards um, uh, program for, Aforma, for the Aforma token. Aforma will be used to drive our um, loyalty and referral program within Celidic. Um, so where, you know, as people are buying, we're incentivizing, as artisans are putting out products and people are providing positive feedback, we're incentivizing. As you are doing a referral, we're going to incentivize as well, right? Got it. Um, we are going to leverage a former as well um, towards governance, right? So as we are building an open source uh, development within the, our ecosystem, we want our token holders to also have a say in how that ecosystem sure. is built. Um, we will also be leveraging that uh, for governance when we're now donating a percentage of our revenue towards SDG goals. We want our token holders to also determine where some of um, our uh, donations of funding for humanitarian work should go to across the globe as well. Right now, right. we also will be encouraging our token holders um, 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 to hold. Why? Because as, as I pointed out, a number of this utility we can unlock a number of features for them as well. For example, when it comes to our former land, which is our metaverse, there are a number of uh, things that we can actually do there that could give them the opportunity to be part of that, uh, um, that, that metaverse community because we are building in, uh, what um, uh, one of our team members would say, a metaverse for all. So we, so this, we have a That's solid great. utility between, between, uh, for our token itself. We're not just building out a token where has no value or not value, but use right. case. Um, and that's why our vision is very exciting because our format is really going to be applied towards real world use cases, right? So there is a utility for our token and that's what we're very, very proud of. That's awesome. And by the way, you took the question right out of my mouth. I was just about to ask you, talk about the Aforma land metaverse. Uh, talk about kind of the underlying philosophy and what you eventually plan on achieving with it. Beautiful. So at Former Land, we, we plan on projecting our multi-vendor marketplace on a former land. Um, the reasons why we thought about that is technology is changing every day. Right. And, and we do not want to have these developing nations left behind. Um, right. We want to continue our vision around impact. We want to continue our vision around commerce or uh, enabling right. commerce, leveraging these new emerging technologies. So we will be projecting our um, uh, uh, marketplace on Aforma land. Aforma land will also project um, NFTs in terms of digital art as well. So right. we will have galleries. So we're going to be building a metaverse world. That's what Aforma right. land is. 
So we are we will be building our own world where um, we, we can project uh, art um, art that are coming from artisans from marginalized regions and across the globe as well. We're looking at projecting our salitic marketplace. We will be putting out accessibility to schools. Imagine where right. you know a kid in Africa can be collaborating with a kid in. North America or a teacher in North America. And they can, you just took, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I was actually know, about to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Where they can bridge um, that, you know, the, the, through techn using technology to bridge that gap there. Right. right? Um, there are a lot of things we intend to do within our, within, um, within our former land. We want to have artists, local artists from across these developing and other parts of the globe you know, come in there and uh, perform their local music. Even NGOs can come into Metaverse and and, right. uh, and raise, do fundraising events and all whatnot, right? There, there's, the beauty about the metaverse is that it gives you unlimited opportunities of what you can do there, right? right. The question now is accessibility. Right. How do you get these folks in these poorer countries to partake in what you're trying to do, right? Um, we, we have to be honest, and an Oculus VR headset is not affordable, Right. It, it, it's not at a point where it's cost efficient, really, for, 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 for anybody, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And VR has been essentially talked about. It's been known since like the late 70s, early 80s. And it's exactly. still very, very pricey. It is. It is. And I, and I know there are uh, folks working day and night to make sure that they're putting out something there. But we, we want to take a different approach for us. We want to project our metaverse live, leveraging smartphones. Right. So right. if you can, if you have a smartphone, which to be honest, which if you look at all of these poor countries, you'll be very shocked at how many people have mobile phones and don't even have a bank account. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So, you know, we want to leverage the ability that we have these people in these regions who have smartphones uh, uh, to, to partake. Right. So yeah. you can have a kid who just needs um, access to some person or some teacher or educator in some high income country that can educate them or, or, or give them access to some knowledge or something that they're looking for. Just unlock so many potentials. And that's why we're building um, a former land because impact means a lot to us. And um, we yeah. want to leverage that a former land to and um, we want to leverage a former land to totally drive that. And um, for us, our first iteration is to make sure that mobile usage is uh, is um, uh, we adopt the use of uh, mobile phones to to drive that, uh, that to drive that vision because that's really what's prevalent in these regions, right? Got so it. that addresses the accessibility problem for us. Got it. So uh, so I kind of have a, a hypothetical for you um, regarding this uh, a FOMA land metaverse. So let's say hypothetically I'm an artist and I'm let's say I'm based right up right here in New York City, and yeah. let's say I love like I personally love like a lot of uh, like medieval and like dark ages type of art. So like, you know, the barbarians or with like knights and stuff like that. Like, I can I love... see your, your logo on LinkedIn with the whole. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, and yeah. um, you know, I used to like, I used to love watching, you know, documentaries like about that stuff. So let's say yeah. if I'm a user and I want to make this kind of this uh, dark age, you could say medieval warrior themed, historical yeah. warrior themed type of yeah. collection, so to say. So yeah. from, from yeah. all different, from all different eras, all different periods. So I can essentially go on a FOMA land and a FOMA land will essentially be almost like an open market or like a mall, essentially. I could yeah. be, I, I would be doing the equivalent of like setting up a little stand or like a kiosk or, you, or something like that. Absolutely. So I've, I've, exactly, our FOMA land is, as, as I pointed out, it's a world. You can come buy a parcel of land and build what you want to build. Got it. Awesome. Right? So let's So let's say going off of that, um, I know one of the kind of greatest warlords and warriors in, in continental African history is Shaka Zulu. And in fact, yeah, yeah. you know, I love reading about all this stuff. So he actually made a very special type of shield and sword and spear, uh, mm -hmm. particularly suited for the terrain. And it, you could say fighting, uh, <laughs> fighting the British who were using muskets yeah. and, you know, yeah. bayonets yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a huge history nerd. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> I won't get too I deep into that. that. Let's say if I see... Right, but let's say if I see a, another another artisan who is selling, let's say Shaka Zulu warlord type of art. So whether it's kind of sculptures or murals to send out, I could technically just like in a metaverse go up to him and like, hey, listen, why don't we partner up? 
why don't we make this a big theme together absolutely. And, and let's just split the profits absolutely. like i could do that technically Abs and, absolutely uh, and, and that's what the metaverse gives you right i mean that's really right. what the metaverse gives you it just creates that bridge that you would normally not have imagine so maybe as you pointed out this might be someone in somewhere in kenya right, right. and you don't have accessibility to them normally you don't have a phone number or whatever but you're on right. a former land and you're seeing all these districts and you say, oh, this is interesting. And you walk in there and go, hey, what's going on here? This is, I'm, I'm Adam and you guys connect and you say, why don't we build something together? And then you right. can pull your resources and there you go. You now have your own Shaka Zulu, you know. Yeah, center we, or whatever. Like, literally like kind of this, like uh, <laughs> you can see this global ancient uh you know warlord or warrior type theme to it absolutely. literally kind of absolutely. covering like different regions like that. absolutely yeah and you, you pull your resources get your developers you build yeah. your, your own your land you expand and uh and off, off, off you go right at, at, at the end of the day what a former land is all about is uh, building a connection and, right um, um as much as we we want to maintain our vision around culture, heritage, impact, and all what, right? right? Um, so as, as long as people um, have the concept of what they want to do within a former land, it's pretty much where you walk in there and you can browse, you can buy, you can do whatever you want to do, conduct right. your business, and uh, you can decide to buy a parcel of land and build and develop. Uh, if you're, we even encourage um, teachers who want to probably you know, come in there and educate kids from where any part of the globe. And uh, the fact that now people can now connect with their mobile devices, right? Right. They can connect and they can collaborate as well. That's really what right. we're all about at our former. And, you know, I'm thinking about some of the other effects from this. So let's say, you know, back to the hypothetical, if I want to, let's say, partner with either that, let's say, that Kenyan-based artisan or the Nigerian-based artisan, let's say, making like Shaka Zulu, warlord or shaka zulu type art that means i can have access to the african markets if i wanted to sell my stuff and in turn that nigerian or kenyan artist can also have access to let's say the american market you know to kind of let's say push the shaka zulu for you know hypothetical you know based art so to say yeah that's that the the, the opportunities of what the metaverse can give you is on is unlimited right because imagine right. it that's really what it's really what the internet is doing today that's really what it right. is you can right. connect with anybody across the globe today on the internet and that's what the metaverse does it just now gives you a much more immersive experience and maybe a more of a personal touch than you're just right. you know sending emails and all whatnot you know there's something about where you know i, I mean you're not physically there but you're you have your avatar right. and you're communicating with someone in real time and all whatnot, right? So those are right. the, the those are the beauty. That's the beauty and the uh, potential of what the metaverse offers um, uh, the, will offer the world in the near future. And we cannot let these marginalized regions be left behind. And that's why right. our drive today is not just from a we don't want developing countries or marginalized regions to be left behind but we also do not we have to factor in the, the 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 potential of bringing in social impact along with these technologies because uh, to be honest with you we need a lot of that we right. honestly do need a lot of projects that are applied towards real world issues to towards solving problems towards social impact we need a right. lot of that and that can help change the narrative really around blockchain technology and crypto because once you start introducing these technologies and crypto blockchain uh, um, into the mainstream world right, uh, right. mainstream use cases people then they don't see it as as a myth anymore people don't look at it as i don't know what this is is a scam because primarily when you look at these regions like in africa they, they are still not trusting as much as we see a lot of volume trading especially right. with bitcoin in these regions there's still a very small amount let's be honest right the goal really now is to extend that. And that's one of the things that I've, why our former, I'm going to speak about our partner rewards program a little bit, if you permit me. That <laughs> read that, my mind. I was literally about to ask about that. That's yes, exactly by all means. reasons why <laughs> we're we are partnering with organizations that drive our vision, right? Um, Got it. I'll give you, a, for example, we do understand that um, a lot of artisans um, uh, in these regions have no understanding of cryptocurrency. We do know that. Um, but 
I, I, I tend to, I do not dwell on what's in the past or what's current. I looked right. towards the future, right? And that's why we said, listen, regardless of what's happening now, the future is going to change. Cryptocurrency will be there. That's right. It, it's, it's a known fact. It's there. And um, the fact that we know, we, we, we take into consideration that a lot of the artisans that will be trading on our platform or will be conducting business on our platform at the early stages will not be more crypto savvy, right? So for right. us, what do we do? What's the goal here? We want, we want to educate them. And that's why we're building partnerships with organizations today that can educate or disseminate the education of cryptocurrency and blockchain across Africa, right? So right. we're partnering with organization, an organization today that we probably will be even announcing, making an announcement shortly with, uh, uh, about that partnership. So we're looking at organizations that can do that. We're going to be partnering with organizations that are more youth-driven. Uh, right. Uh, their, their vision is about youth empowerment, right? So we're going to be partnering with organizations like that because why? A percentage of youths across Africa, you're looking at from the ages of 25 and above, the percentage is high. We're talking about maybe almost 60% to 70, about 70% across Africa. What is the opportunity? What is the government doing? What are the platforms? What are the opportunities that are available to these kids? Right. right? So we want to build a format to actually help to um, give these kids opportunity, right? Yeah. There might be a lot of them who are have exceptional skills to build um, products, handmade products, and we want to bring, the, bring them on our platform, right? We want to have the opportunity where through Celetic, we can expand businesses. Our, um, uh, Habiba Rabi, one of the, the lady that we tested with for our pilot, when she first listed her product on Celetic, it was the first time someone in North America bought that product. The first time she wow. has ever sold a product outside of outside Nigeria, right? Wow. But when she tested with us, the light bulbs went off because now she says, okay, now I'm trading outside my country and I have to now change the way I do business. I have to now use proper, the right packaging. I have to make right. my product more aesthetically pleasing. I have to do certain things to attract that market because the, the high income country market uh, is, is different from what you have in Nigeria, for example. Right. So so yeah. what happens here? She now looks at smaller businesses that can do package that build packaging boxes. Right. So imagine right. where we have tons of artisans across Africa and we can look yeah. at you to say, if you know how to package boxes, you can be the sole distributor for this region in this country. And we right. will incentivize. They can pay you for your service. And if we continue getting feedback that you're doing well, we will incentivize you in our former tokens because we want to encourage businesses like that, right? right. We want people to know that you, we have people in these countries that, are, that can conduct business as well. And we also want right. to encourage them as well, right? right? So when you now start having opportunities where people are making their products, that looking for kids who can package boxes, looking for kids who can do first mile delivery, right? Because they could be the next Uber in Nigeria or in Kenya or in South right. Africa, right? So it, it, you now start creating opportunities where people are thinking and saying, wait, there is something in here for me because of what this platform is doing, right? So, so we're, we're looking, we're building partnerships with, uh, uh, that can enable us to achieve that. Uh, if you look at um, e-commerce platforms today from these regions, descriptions of their products are not put out right. You can have someone that builds beautiful leather bags. They put it up right. on a website and the description just says bag is good. That's not enough description, right? right? So right. what do we do? We want to now leverage teachers, for example, English speaking teachers who are poorly paid in these regions and say, come, let us incentivize you to have a part time program with us as agents where right. you can come and offer this service to get these products properly listed and to help some of these artisans who are illiterate as well, uh, help yeah. them on board on top of these platforms. And that is what our former does. There are people doing this today, don't get me wrong, but the problem is also is, again, the, the technology is it, it's still, it's a legacy technology, right? And right. we want to start adopting crypto to change things that way, right? Um, because right. at the end of the day, we want to be able to you know, send money or incentivize these people without still taking a chunk of that money because they have to now receive right. that money 
oh, 3% conversion fee or 5% conversion fee or whatever, right. right? So we want to start looking at models that can actually work out at the end of the day. And that's what our former, our former partner rewards program helps us do um, to build this network or inter uh, an interdependent system where all of these partners we're bringing in are contributing towards our goal, which is social impact. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, this platform and, you know, the goals that are set out, you know, this seems to really deal and solve a lot of problems with, let's say, unbanked communities, unbanked populations across the world. But I would even say even banked populations as well. You know, um, all the time I hear about it, class action lawsuits against various well-known banks because they take out these random fees that a lot of people don't otherwise notice over time. Absolutely. But also with the hyperinflation, you know, it's made and reduce the value of every dollar in everybody's, Absolutely. you know, in everybody's pocket. So, you know, I definitely, I definitely see uh, the vast potential of this. And, you know, I want to know too, uh, why did you choose to start out with, you know, artisans and, you know, that you could say professional community? Do you, um, do you come from like uh, some sort of, do you have like an art background or do you have like close friends or family members who, who do this as well? I do not. Um, I okay. am just a lover of art and culture, right? Cool. I, I appreciate handmade products. I, uh, I wouldn't yeah. lie. I, I, I shop a lot at Etsy and uh, I know how expensive that platform can be. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you, again, I, I'm not, you have to also respect their business model. It, you know, if, if they run the business that way, it's not because maybe they, they are greedy or whatever. Maybe it's just the way they, they keep the lights on. Right. Right. Uh, for us, we 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 want to take a different approach. Um, we just want to do the bare minimum to get these people by. And um, right now, I'm, I've I've tasked my team within um, the uh, um, e-commerce space where the, the the to list the product is very small. We're talking about probably two dollars to just list a product on us on our platform. And you right. can list as many products as you want, right? Um, because right. again, you have to factor in that a lot of these people in these regions cannot afford to be going on a subscription fee of $20 a month or $10 a month, right? Or pay per listing uh, for a product, right? So we've, we have to look at a business model that works for these right. regions and, and for everyone. We, we are not exclusive. We're going to be working with Canadian artisans because let's be honest, I, I live here in Canada. There are poor people here, especially like the indigenous community. Right. right. Yeah. We want to target anybody. We we are open to anyone. If even if you are, you can make you're currently making a sale on any other platform today in the tens of thousands. We're open to you, right? At, at, yeah. The, at the end of the day, we want to build a platform where we are not. Um, it, it's affordable for anyone to come in, um, right. and um, you know, as you're putting out a sale, we want you to hold something back as well. So we are not exclusive to just um, Africa or, or the Caribbean or Latin America. We are open. We're going to be opening up in the, uh, to the U.S. market. We're going to be opening up to artisans in Canada. We're going to be opening up to artisans in, across Europe as well, right? So, um, right. so we, we just have to respect that there, there are poor people in every corner uh, right. and of the world here. So we, we, that's why we're, we're taking a more global approach at this point. Right. And, you know, I also, I also enjoy art as well. So if somebody was trying to get into, you know, African art, whether it's in Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, you know, Ethiopia, do you have a particular, uh, I guess you could say favorite style or artist um, that you would recommend to somebody who's totally, totally new, you know, when it, when it comes to African arts? You know, I, I think art is really, um, um, you know, it's, it, it takes it from a perspective. Everyone has their own different perspective of what they appreciate, right? Yeah. I have a I have a setting taste um, of what I what I like. Um, yeah. Some people are different, um, um, so I, I don't. I, I wouldn't say I'm in the right position to say I can recommend so so and so. <laughs> I can tell you certain artists in Nigeria right. that you could go listen to and sure. appreciate their music. But the question is, like, like, like I, I know a lot of people have said, oh, have you listened to this artist? But when I listen, it's not my type of music. Or someone right. says, oh, have you looked at this sculpture, right? And I look at right. it, it's not my, my, my perspective. But, but what I can tell you for sure is that there are amazing, amazing, amazing people in these regions 
that do beautiful work. I, I am not even kidding you. Like, like, and I keep emphasizing on Habiba, when she put out her product and it got to the buyer in America, in Minnesota, uh, the United States, I got a phone call and she told me, I cannot believe that this is coming from someone in Nigeria. That was her quote. It was beautifully done. Wow. It was packaged the right way. And it, it's, it's amazing. So, and that's the kind of story awesome. yeah. we want to share because people, like I've said, Africa, the Caribbean, some of these developing countries don't need charity. Right. All they just need is obviously their government stepping up. Yes. And, right. you know, people, give business opportunities, are platforms like ours, startups like ours, to give them the right platform to just be able to get ahead. And that, that's, that's pretty much what we're trying to do. Right. Yeah, people want a sustainable cash flow and ability to keep, you know, you know, making, making money. I mean, yeah, I, listen, that's a, you know, that's a very noble, you know, admirable, you know, venture, you know, to say the least. And I was going to ask you, what was, what were some of the biggest successes of Afoma so far? It sounds like that type of that conversation would probably, would probably rank pretty high among the oh, uh, successes big of, of Afoma. Yeah. But yeah, are there any other uh, successes you'd like to, you know, draw upon or share? Uh, oh, absolutely. Like said, sounds um, great. Yeah, so our um, we've obviously wrapped up phase one of our beta testing for Celidic. Uh, we're now Excellent. planning on going into phase two. Um, Aforma just wrapped up its um, pre-seed round for our token, so we were oversubscribed there. Um, nice. So we, we did very, very well. So we have a very right. strong momentum going into Solid. Uh, strategic round. So yeah, so those are the two uh, wonderful um, um, um um, successes that I can share at this point. And we are looking forward to amazing things. We are very excited about what Aforma is has to offer. And uh, we just can't wait to share that with the world. Wonderful. And what were some of the biggest obstacles when uh, creating Aforma? Like I would imagine, and I always like to ask at least one or two questions about the entrepreneur's journey, but I would imagine when putting this together, there had to have been detractors, haters, skeptics, cynics were like, Eric, why don't even waste your time why the hell are you doing this or, or something <laughs> along those lines oh man uh adam i have to tell you like it's 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 it has it's a difficult it's not easy being an entrepreneur I, sometimes no, i sit back and i ask myself in hindsight would i have gone into this right it, it is <laughs> it is very difficult i will tell it you is. one thing though i will tell you one thing um i remember the very first day i pitched yeah. this idea i had friends over and I pitched this idea it was they they destroyed me <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it was um, you it said was, these are friends no less <laughs> like, this right. is not gonna work How is right that, you know so um but um I I I, I was still in, I was encouraged yes it was hard to take that but I was encouraged right. and uh, um, all it took was keep talking about it Right. Um, but I took some of the feedback that they shared and I said, right. you know what, they make some sense here. Maybe I should tweak this a little bit, right? Um, so I took that back, did, did, a, did a bit of work on, on it and came back. And, uh, and that's, every day we adapt. Every day we right. find something new, we always change, right? right. Um, and that's the beauty about what we do, right? We, we, you always learn something. You say, oh, this is an obstacle you're going to face. And how do we fix right. that? We, we change, we adapt, right? Um, so yeah, that was the first big blow that I first received. I was like, uh, they, you know, they pointed out a, a few things and uh, skepticisms and uh, and all whatnot. And it's it's understandable because one, you know, when you explain this, you know, when you look at this technology, it's still very new, right? It's still nascent, right? So a lot of sure. people still don't understand it, right? Um, so I, at the time I had to go back and figure out how I can spread this word and make it more simpler right. for people to understand, right? Right. Um, that was probably one of my biggest challenges at the time. But again, sure. one of the other challenges I would say is when you're now, because the way our model is built, where you're bringing in a number of people to, you know, take up this decentralized approach where you're trying to bring in different people to drive that vision. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're working with organizations that don't share that, 
passion of fast paced environment because we are right. very fast paced in our format. We try right. to, you know, we get something new where we move, 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 move. Right. Um, but a lot of some of these um, um, organizations or uh, businesses or partners that you look at, they are more, take a more slower um, conservative approach, right? Right. So it can be a bit frustrating at the end of the day, especially when you're dealing with things that has to do with logistics, because our goal is where we just want an artisan. You put your product, you take it to the delivery company, you drop it off and you go home. Right. We don't want you paying upfront costs. In this part yeah. of the world, we know when I say that, people go, wait a minute. Isn't that the right thing anyway? Why would they be paying for shipping? That's not... Right. That's not really the case in some of these poorer regions, right? Because of there isn't trust there. There, there a lot. Some of these people might even be unbanked. So, right. how do you expect an artisan to take their product, go to the likes of DHL to drop <laughs> off a product, sure. and they go, "Oh, you're good to go. It's from yeah. you know, it's, you're, you know, you're good to go. Bye bye." Most times yeah. they tell you, "Oh, you gotta pay up front." Right. So imagine where an artisan, you're, you someone buys five different products. And each, each shipping, when you're shipping out to a foreign country, you have to pay like in the likes of maybe 20,000 naira to ship from Nigeria to maybe like US. So that means right. you have to cough out like 100,000 naira, right? Yeah. How many people can afford that, right? So some yeah. of these things take time when you start building these partnerships. But we are making very, very good progress. And we, we intend awesome. to lock these things down um, before we fully launch Celetic, which is hopefully by... Um, uh, the uh, fourth quarter of this year, we just simply want artisans to just take their products, get it out to the delivery company and walk away. No questions asked. And it goes to its destination and we pay and we're, we're good to go. That's wonderful. And, you know, on a final note, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs, especially in this tech Web3 decentralized, uh, you know, blockchain space? You know, it's always yeah. a journey and it's always a, a very uh, difficult, uncertain journey, especially. Absolutely. I, I would just tell you, do your homework, right? Um, um, filter out the noise, right? Um, yeah. I, I had a, a wonderful young man reach out to me on LinkedIn a few months back, and uh, they wanted me to be an advisor on their project. And um, I, 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 I got on the call and I was asking a number of questions. Mm -hmm. And um, he wanted to build an NFT marketplace, and but he kept on using the wrong word. He kept on saying, "We want to build Netflix on the on the blockchain." I was like, "What does that mean?" Right, right, <laughs> right. When you say, "I want to build Netflix on the blockchain," what does that like? I want to build something like Netflix on the blockchain. What does that mean? Are you right. talking about where you want to mint videos? <laughs> yeah, video content. Right. right? Right. And he goes, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to do an NFT. I'm like, OK, but OK, that's fine. But then he, they also want to mint a token. And I'm saying, what is the utility of your token? Right. Absolutely. Right. Because we tend to see a lot of where people just want to mint tokens, mint tokens, mint tokens, right. mint tokens, because it's also a way where they sell. And then you see a lot of these projects where, you know, they, they, they their price goes up pull rug and they, oh yeah right? like a pump and dump and so, yeah rug pull, you know yeah. If, you're, if you're going into this space do your homework find out what the utility or what your vision is what what are you there has to be value for what you're trying to do right so i always encourage people that are going into this space you know show value for what you're trying to do and I, as much as i we see a lot of DeFi projects out there we need to start seeing more DeFi for good, crypto for good, right? So I, I want to encourage people who are, are thinking about going into this space, think about other ways of where we can drive um, the, the, the impact of cryptocurrency and all of these technologies towards enabling um, people who are marginalized. So do your homework, get it right, bring in the right set of people to to help you because if you don't have the right set of people with the right skill set agreed that will be a big challenge and for me i am very lucky to have had an amazing set of people who are working with me on this project and uh, i would not have asked for a better team to be honest well said <laughs> beautifully put and you know eric it was an absolute pleasure having you on the Thank show you. today i mean i'm <laughs> 
Much appreciated. I'm very excited to see where this project, Afuma, will be going this year. And uh, listen, I'd love to have you back on in a few months and perhaps pick up, you know, from this episode and from this conversation. I think uh, decentralized tech, you know, used for good. And by the way, to actually encourage commerce from, you know, areas that otherwise don't have such easy access to that, that's probably going to be one of the silver bullets that can get us out of this mess that we're kind of, that we're, that we're all in, you know? So I think we really need to include and encourage more and more people, you know, into the economy because, you know, otherwise it's going to be the same old, I guess you could say decisions, the same old mistakes, and it's going to be the same old assholes making decisions, you know, part of my French, so to say, but, you know, we're, we're starting to kind of, see the cycle and you know many people are uh, are, are suffering so Absolutely. listen you know uh you know eric again it was an absolute pleasure having you on i'm yeah. looking forward to familiarizing myself even more with uh a foma <laughs> and like right. i said uh we'll talk soon and let's have you back on in a few months and pick up absolutely we would love to have that hopefully but I'll, I'll keep you posted as well maybe once we get into Sounds our good. phase two i'll send you a message say hey go buy a product on our e-commerce market absolutely please <laughs> please let me know i'd be more than happy absolutely. to <laughs> absolutely 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 eric thank you so much and take care and i'll talk to you, you soon too. absolutely right. thank you bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.